fuck is that guy? Listen, I ain't gonna forget about this by the time we hit the motorway. Some might. And, and I'll tell you, honestly, I will love it if we beat them. Love it. Christmas. Hello and welcome to episode 207 of the Spitballing Pod. I'm Luke Byron, joined as always by Alex Jones, Tom Kennett, Jack Harper and Sean Shute, who shows up as and when he feels like it, it seems. <laughs> this is a massive podcast today. It is our end of year awards. I think the last time we did this was 2018 when we called it the Spafters. So we've gone a bit classier this time around. Tim Sherwood was personality of the year, which shows you how things have changed since then. Hopefully we'll have a guest sprinkled later in the show as we announce the prestigious newcomer of the year. Sean did ask if it could be named after him. I don't know about, uh, I don't know what the rest of you think. I didn't really see why it would be named after Sean. So <laughs> he's just desperate said, to get back involved, isn't he? No, I said it should be named after me after I came up with the newcomer of the award for Capita back in 2015. That's well, what it's from, which had prestigious this, winners. Well, this is nothing to do with that. So, <laughs> <laughs> if anything, when I look back, it would have been the um, Cam Major newcomer of the year award. Troy was, yeah, the I know first that guest, was the other, su- I know that was the but, other suggestion. So, why wasn't it, why wasn't it called that in the end? He was being nasty to me yesterday. (laughs) Um, Yeah, Troy was the first guest that we had, episode two, actually, if you go all the way back there. Um, But he did. Troy was on on episode two. Well, if you remember, we used to call Troy in. You'd sit on the sofa, or Luke would sit on the sofa. Troy would do 15 minutes of UFC and then he'd go back home. It was only eventually people started asking for more Troy as uh, I think the turnaround, as we've referenced before, was there was a three-man pod with me, TK and Troy. And Troy, I don't want to speak out of turn, I think he may have lost his job that day or something happened at work. (laughs) Yeah, he had an awful day. He turned up with with a bottle of whatever drink it was, slammed it on the table and it's been one of them days, boys. And then from there, he decided to do half the pod in Irish accent. (laughs) <laughs> and the rest of it, he was just coming out with who knows what. <laughs> and we had numerous messages saying, you've got to get him on more often. You've got to get him doing more than just the UFC, which some people may have switched off for if they had no interest. So He's basically our he, stiffler, is what you're saying. I mean... Maybe <laughs> that's what we had. And we decided we were just going to milk it for what it was worth. I mean, he is up for Newcomer of the Year, which we will be getting into... Not Newcomer, Personality of the Year, sorry. Yes, which... Yes we'll be opening the awards with, but I thought this was a good time to go over it. We're going to do our Christmas special next week, biggest pod of the year, alongside probably transfer deadline day and the season starting. I'd say they're probably mm-hmm. our, our, our three biggies. So big one for us to get into there. I'm going to have to find, try and find some new ground that we've not done before. So maybe we'll get some guests on next week. I'll put put some feelers out. If you've got a good story about the Christmas party, you can phone in and tell us about it and we'll see how we go from there. But this year we have 15 awards to go through. We'll announce the winner of each one and then we'll take a look through the nominations, our memories of those, how they were t- 
affected the pod and that kind of thing. So personality of the year, the best place to start. I'm not sure I've quite got the dramatic tone for this to do it like they do. Nice if we had a little package of montage of people's faces popping up, them doing this kind of thing down the camera but unfortunately we don't so the nominations were Troy Weaver Roy Keane Vince Vaughan Shannon Sharp Darren Till and Ray Parler what what other podcast are you going to get those group of names in one category only here (laughs) keep it locked and I'd be amazed if Troy did come up in another one. That would be pretty phenomenal. <laughs> <laughs> well, I messaged you earlier, TK, because since putting this together, I should clarify, none of you know who's won any of these awards. I put it out to everyone that's been on the pod this year and a couple of people that listen regularly to try and get a take there. So none of you know who, who these are. So did Jim Bones get a vote? <laughs> he didn't. <laughs> He did wow. um, another one who's in the bad books. So <laughs> you, can't only, himself, you, didn't you, you can't only show up when the sun shines. It doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't work like that on this pod. <laughs> Goff, who I offered a vote to, could have had one. He showed up. Only only appearance in the last eight months after United had just lost 6-1. That's the kind of character we want on this podcast. <laughs> you're right, you're right. But I messaged you earlier, TK, saying... I've just got these images every time I see this list of what it would be like seeing this six people in a room together. I think we've got we've got Parler stood at the bar. He's harassing whoever comes up for a drink every time. Yeah, nuisance. Probably trying to sweet talk them into getting another drink. And he'll say something like, you know, it tastes better when they're free, don't they? <laughs> Roy Keane is probably scowling. He's giving the barman a look saying this music is far too loud. I'm not happy with this. I'm just muttering under his breath. Being given a cocktail with an umbrella and just not having it. Exactly. <laughs> Shannon Sharp is confused that he can't smoke over here in the bar, so he's <laughs> he's got a cigar in the garden. <laughs> Darren Till, who really knows what he's doing, maybe on Instagram Live or something, popping around as things go. Him and Troy could be an interesting match. Vince Vaughan, hopefully he's movie Vince Vaughan and he's not kind of the Vince Vaughan of the press because that <laughs> could be quite depressing. He'd just be sat in the corner on his own with two I pints in front of him. <laughs> for different reasons, you don't want to be near Till or Vaughan at the end of the night because it's not going to be pretty either way. Vince, you'll probably be crying into a bottle. Till, you'll probably get into a fight with someone. Well, Till, Till was in trouble in the press um, earlier this year. Have you ever, have you ever realised it doesn't get sold as such a big thing when a celebrity nicks a taxi. This seems to be a thing that is just kind of glossed over as if it's not Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. <laughs> Gareth Barry. <laughs> he was supposed to be the safe pair of hands. Came in. Wasn't, no, no. Wasn't that on the, wasn't that on the West Brom tour? Yeah. <laughs> he was supposed to bring in a bit of experience to look after the boys. <laughs> yeah, they are, they had no right to be having any fun. <laughs> you get... But they always say get, just... I was gonna say, would you get Troy? Would you get Troy getting them doing um, Brotworth Rugby Club, turning the bar into this kind of stuff that goes on there? Well, I thought you were gonna say Troy driving, and I think his driving may be the only one that's probably as bad as mine. So we don't want Troy behind the wheel of the car. 
Imagine how disgusted Roy Keane would be with Shannon Sharp. Shannon Sharp is telling the story, and Roy would just feel like, I'll just fucking leave it out. What he's done. <laughs> Stop laughing. Pick, Stop laughing. He's the, he's the guy in the pub that just like sits there and stares at a wall with like half half glass of scotch, making no conversation, no eye contact. I know um, Jack and Alex, you don't particularly watch a lot of American sport, but you are missing out one of the world's great personalities in Shannon Sharp. Is there a YouTube reel we can watch? There oh, probably yeah, is. Definitely. He's, he's, he's just a character, which I was speaking to someone about this last week. A character is just how you describe someone where you don't want to be offensive in how you say they're weird, basically, because he is one of a kind, Shannon Sharp. What, what it, sport it, is the he equivalent, he, like basketball, NFL. I literally have kind of no thing. idea who he is. He, he's Probably the equivalent player, yeah. of you putting Mika Richards next to Roy Keane, where they kind of have the complete opposite personality. <laughs> but in this case, I guess Roy Keane plays into it a bit more, and Mika Richards would be far more exuberant. Yeah, right. I wonder where you were going. Are you tailing off? I was trying to think of other words to do it. Essentially, you've got someone who's meant to be grumpy and the other one that's meant to be kind of the life and soul, but it's just a different version of the life and soul with Shannon Sharp. Mm, You'll see him with a cigar in his mouth on uh, daytime TV, put on a goat mask and all sorts like that. He's LeBron's biggest fan. LeBron could have just had like an all right game for Lakers and he'll come in with like this stuff like yeah <laughs> celebrating like he's won like a cup final the day before incredible feet, feet on the table cigar in mouth sunglasses on he's the best tricky with him though you, you do need Skip as the sort of the foil to him exactly so the, the votes here it was close until it wasn't the, the last couple of people that voted I think TK, um, I'm not sure of, of who wow, was revealing, revealing votes. I thought it was anonymous. I thought it was supposed to be an anonymous vote. Oh. Well, I'm just saying, I mean, it was close until it oh, wasn't. Oh, so. no. Hey. The final three then. Troy Weaver, Ray Parler and Roy Keane. Ray Parler is your spitballing pod 2020 personality of the year. I'm sure. What's he holding his What's he got in his hands for? What's wrong with AJ? I'm he sure. kept spirits up during a lockdown. Oh, that's true. I, I was just behind. I was just behind Roy and Troy. That is hey. a great double. That's we. I could take <laughs> off Roy and Troy. Well, I mean, I've got graphics um, that'll be going up on the Instagram as as this pod drops. And I went back to as the first lockdown ends and. Ray Parler goes on his Instagram live or a Twitter video and he says, um, if it all ends now, I'm going out with a Jaeger Jaeger. And he pours himself <laughs> the Jaeger bomb, but instead of the energy drink, he has more Jaeger. He looks at it and says, I don't know if I'm going to handle this. <laughs> <laughs> and then chins it and says, ooh, ooh, that could catch on. That could catch on. That, could... that takes you both like man versus booze. That was that sort of material, wasn't it? Yeah, absolutely sure that he was going to die. Man vs. Booze, though, was doing it like to prove a point. Ray Parler was sat in the sun on a Saturday afternoon, just for a laugh, pouring himself a casual Jaeger. I mean, he, he ended up having obviously working through the, the alphabet, which is a pretty 
Marzioni, but he had this that old thing of like he had to just shout out birthdays. Like, why? I don't understand why. What was this doing? It was nice. I just don't know why he had to. Man of the people. I think it's probably one of them where uh, you do it once and yeah, people love yeah. it. And when we do the movie podcast, we complain when the sequels go completely the opposite way, and it's like, well, we loved what you did there, and he's gone hangover to hangover two style. I'm changing nothing here except from the dialogue. One of my favourite parts in the year was, uh, well, one of the last bits of normality before COVID was during race week. And you had him and Brazil doing the videos they normally do during the races. And Brazil is telling them that he's going to be like dead by 16. You know, you're looking at Alan Brazil thinking, you can't be telling anybody about my health. What are you talking about? And them having a bet who would die first. <laughs> I was like, who's going to pay up? I don't understand. And they just clearly didn't give a shit. Adam Brazil yeah. looks like he could explode by a misplaced paperclip. At any minute. I might look like Adam Brazil by the end of this. I'll be honest, in this blazer. <laughs> it's a little warm in here. Well, I, if, if no one else does, I strongly appreciate the effort. With, I, did I always guess I this for the pod. <laughs> Doesn't I, everybody... I did... <laughs> I did the podcast when we literally first went into the lockdown and I was asking everyone I think I did the first one with UTK and I was saying if you had to be locked down with three people who would you say Ray Parler came up in almost every single one that people were saying they said Look, you might not make it to the end of the lockdown but the amount of like anecdotes he has just everything about him it would fly by no the beauty of Ray, I feel like there isn't too much downside either. You know, like some people, you think the highs are high, but the lows are going to be pretty devastating. I feel like Ray's just on a good level. Well, for anyone that likes um, like sports autobiographies, I've got Ray Parler's. And literally the first chapter is just him not being happy that Arsenal have just won the cup, but being livid that he can't have a drink afterwards. <laughs> and he, he he tells a story where Wenger's saying to him, like, if you have a drink, you're gonna it's gonna cost you about ten grand. And he says in there, he says, I've never had a single drink cost me ten grand before, but I'll be lying if I tell you I didn't think it would be worth it. <laughs> in the end, what he does, he contacts the the restaurant owner that he always goes to, hires the place out and just swears everyone to secrecy so we can have a drink in there after the final. He's that desperate to have a drink after the game. He's like, what is the point in winning if I can't go and have a drink afterwards? Fair play. He said they're on the the plane. Um, There's uh, family members on there and all sorts. And he said Wenger's just trotting up and down like a school teacher, just making sure he's not got a sneaky drink there on the plane (laughs) that he's going to be caught with. (laughs) So, yeah, this story is just incredible. Yeah, so... He is our personality of the year. Troy was second place, so... That's not that good. I like that top three. I like it. Yeah, Who was third, sorry? Uh, Roy Keane was third. Roy Keane was third. Parler and Keane have both had big years. I mean, to explain the other nominations there, Vince Vaughan, if you just listen on a Monday, doesn't make as much sense, but he is almost (laughs) kind of the backbone of our Thursday night podcasts. I think we had a full conversation about Vince Vaughan and Gladiator and how that would go. And during <laughs> season one, we would put him and Owen Wilson into every single film that existed as part of the bracket. 
including wedding singer in wedding crashes. Sorry, I think we added another Vince Vaughn and Owen Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think you can we redo wedding crashes and swap out Owen Wilson and put Parlor there? And I'm saying that for no reason other than he's blonde. I think you know, I think Parlo would be in the Will Ferrell in the Charles character. Yeah, yeah. He's it's never catching cute. feelings for Rachel McAdams. <laughs> no. He's not catching the feels. There, there, there was a rumour that uh, Parlo had his way with Jesse and Piazzi. Pelle. <laughs> she is an Arsenal fan as well. Can we explain it? She's the lucky one there. She's been charmed <laughs> by the Romford Pele. Don't let anyone fool you either. So, Troy, as, as we referenced earlier, shame that with, well, lockdown, we, we keep saying that. cringe saying the word lockdown, but with the lockdown coming in, essentially put a stop to our in-person pods. March was the last, one, last time we did an in-person pod, so we've missed out on all that time of sitting across this very table, which I'm not sure how it fits in my room after having to do it for myself. But So we have missed a lot of Troy Gold. Me and TK managed to do one with him and then lockdown came back in straight away again. So we could be to blame. Was it a coincidence? I don't know. <laughs> the harbingers of the apocalypse. Well, <laughs> me and TK did the last in-person pod and lockdown was brought in during the podcast. And then we get Troy on, next thing you know, he's there. Me getting home is like the purge. (laughs) Siren goes off, they know Troy's there. (laughs) Get me out of here. So I'm just checking if our uh, newcomer of the year is ready to jump in the episode. Go through the other ones then that we have on that list. Roy Keane is probably one for the last couple of years we could have added in but this year just seems to have been the highlight when he said he wanted to scrap De Gea was when everyone was like this man needs to be on TV every single week he went for the cedar didn't he it, he, went, he went from being the boring kind of Irish ex-Man United player to just great media from that moment pretty much I think everyone that supported Man United really wanted to listen to what he had to say that moment's he, when everyone else started to take notice as well do you think I, I think for coming in made him up his game? He might have done. Yeah. Potentially. Yeah. I, I like I like that he's having a bit of um like he's there's a little bit of subtle humour coming in from him a bit more as well at the moment. Like that little comment that he made about like I think Arsenal will stay up this year. I think they've got enough strength. Like little things like that that come through, which you wouldn't get before. Like little little where he's just sort of smiling to himself after he said it. Well, this was a positive Monday. <laughs> To be fair, that is quite humorous because they don't have a chance. Hey, just remember, once once again, I can kick who's on this pool. <laughs> this screen already isn't big enough for all of us. So Someone getting turfed out of the awards ceremony. <laughs> that would be quite glamorous, actually. That's a story to tell your grandkids about. <laughs> got kicked out of your grandkids. You, you got Alex's case. Well, if we could like contact his brothers and they like drag him out. <laughs> kicking and screaming get his mum on the pod to drag him on <laughs> that, that would be sensational his mum could come <laughs> on and, and, and detail the, the package he had the package that got arrived package we've already spoke about that you were clearly haven't listened to the pod 
No, this Ooh, is a part, awkward. but I didn't think we could get we could get Ooh. her perspective. Hear her rendition of it. Yeah, <laughs> hear her rendition. I tell you, if when we do the Christmas special next like, next week, if Alex tries telling that story again that went on for twenty five minutes, we will actually <laughs> drag him out. <laughs> You're not telling that story again. We need to sort of pod under two hours. <laughs> Vince then, as I said, sorry. I think I think I have nearly been taken out of an award ceremony before. Yeah, is it? Is this not the same night? No, uh, the 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 one where I met yeah, Branson. The one where I met you Branson. Got a of Branson. Yeah, don't forget that you tried to distance yourself from that, though, didn't you? When the stuff was mind sweeping. Like the level of drunk that I was, I was my. I was at the point where I was mind sweeping the complimentary drinks on the tables, and somehow Can managed to get Brunson. past. Yeah, somehow managed to get past four of his bodyguards, and just popped up for a picture for him. And all I remember was that he, like, as smashed as I was. All I remember was as he was smiling, he was making like a. Noise like a like a it was weird like was it was like it was trying to he's a reptile yeah <laughs> something along those lines I remember that noise it's haunted me ever since that was he was trying to charge you for the picture <laughs> <laughs> money 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 he's asking you to reach into your pocket um, last couple in Darren Till so Till as unsuccessful as his uh, years been in terms of uh, fighting. He has grown himself to be even higher in the eyes of the general public. I see people that I don't even think follow UFC sharing podcasts he's on, sharing his Instagram clips. And it is for humour that any one of us could do if we were about 15 (laughs) years old. (laughs) Somehow this is selling people. Him putting Raw Dog on a T-shirt, everyone just went mental. The Raw Dog brand is taken off. It has, which is a interest, interesting uh, <laughs> thing to happen. I don't know if it says more about the people that do follow American sports that um, Shannon Sharp did come above Darren Till in the rankings. So Darren Till was bottom of the pile. Brian Shane. He came above Vince. Vince uh, Vince came above. Uh, it was Parler, Weaver, Keen, Vaughan, Sharp, Till. Blimey. If you put Lee Sharp in there, does he do better than Shannon Sharp there? He's not a man with much personality to go about, but maybe more people know <laughs> in our voting system. He was a character once upon a time. He went on the original Love Island, didn't he? I remember being on some uh, ITV kind of game show as well, and I can't think what it was. I remember being Reds Against Blues, but he was on there. Reds Against Blues? Is that Gladiator you're talking about? Yeah, it wasn't. It was some kind of game show, but I can't... Surely that wasn't the name of it. No, no, it wasn't. I can just remember it being a team of Reds against a team of Blues uh, television career. Remember Superstars? Maybe you used to watch that. Superstars. No, yeah, no, no, no. it was kind of like it was so it was always like ex footballers, ex cyclists, ex Olympians, or whatever, and then they'd compete against each other, kind of like a decathlon, but then all in different right. sports. I think and it was... there's also a winner at, winner at the end. Can't know what channel it was on. Possibly Channel Four. 
celebrity wrestling it was. Oh. It was hosted by Kate Thornton and Rowdy Roddy Piper. That sounds, <laughs> that sounds absolutely mental. <laughs> He's also known, though, for appearing on Celebrity Love Island. During his time on the island, Sharp courted the attentions of many of the show's ladies, most notably TV presenter Jane Middlemiss, who confessed to never having felt like this before about someone. But Sharp eventually <laughs> chose Abby Titmus. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Abby Oh, Christ. His, his Wikipedia is just something else. He's what uh, people worried Beckham would turn out to be. <laughs> <laughs> he was eliminated from Dancing on Ice in the 3rd of March 2007 and went on to appear in ITV's popular TV soap Coronation Street as an extra in the fictional pub The Rovers Return as a working class taxi driver. He's seen He's seen some things. <laughs> All right, all right. He seems to have gone silent, so we'll move on. The newcomer is not turning up. Let's see that. I'll just check he hasn't uh, joined and I've ignored him. Nope. Damn shame. Um, next award then. Oh. Claim of the year. Oh, looking so, forward to this one. To take, your, to take you through these, um, Connor, when voting here, messaged me saying, is this the claim I agree with the most? I said, no, it's not. <laughs> As I assume he was going to go first for Declan Rice and Kante. Kante. Obviously. Oh, my God. Incredible. So, the options here were... One from Jack. Chilwell is Chelsea's most important player. And by myself, uh, Arteta won two trophies, which I do also stand by. Um, <laughs> and he's still see, Arteta out after winning two trophies. I, if if I'm going to take that from anyone, it won't be a Chelsea fan. <laughs> 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 uh, Rory Ford saying I could land a jab on Lomachenko. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> this was a part of the one on one pods where I had a feature where I said, Could you beat a pro? And I sent you went down a list and it was, Could you score a penalty past David De Gea? Could you, uh, if, you had, if any player in the NBA gave you a 9 0 head start and a first of 10, could you beat them? Could you score a takedown on any athlete in the UFC? Could you stop Marshawn Lynch on the one yard line? Could you get past Marshawn Lynch on the one yard line? Could you last a round with Deontay Wilder and could you land the jab on Lomachenko? He said no to all of them except being able to land a jab on Lomachenko. I think scoring a penalty against the hair has got to be the easiest one. Yeah, I think, he yeah. May have, I think he may have said that one as well, actually. But I asked Keenan about it and he said the only way he would think is if you fake a glove touch. <laughs> I like it <laughs> even then I'm not backing you being quick enough to land a jab on Lomachenko and you won't take kindly to the attempted sucker punch either <laughs> <laughs> yeah far greater men have tried and failed in this situation so yeah I, I, I'm thinking it's unlikely 
And then finally, oh no, sorry, two left. We had yeah, Connor saying Di Maria was a hit at Man United, and Steve saying Declan Rice is better than Kante, and Alex saying. Zoe Deschanel is the best-looking celebrity that I would have a shot with. Yeah, that is yeah. mind-blowing. <laughs> yeah, the funny oh, thing is, the, the funny, the funny thing is, is that this actually got me in a bit of trouble. This got me in a bit of trouble yesterday because <laughs> Byron sent over Byron sent over the obviously the questions for us to answer. And uh, I was with the missus at the time, so I was like sat through. She she took she this takes keen interest. She 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 took keen interest in the podcast. She likes to know what we talk about and stuff like that. So I was like going through the titles and then like each of the sections, and that one came up. And she was like, "What the hell's that one about?" Gonna be DMing Zoe Deschanel on Instagram. Yeah, yeah. I tried to explain, I explained myself, I explained myself and I said, look, I don't mean it in the way that I think I'm good looking enough or I kind of think it in a way that she's kind of a nice enough person, not a nice enough person and has a nice enough personality to give somebody a shot. That's that kind of, that kind of hope. Good spin. How is that explaining it well for her though? I don't really understand how that's sorting yourself out. No, no, that was a no-win situation. I, I just went for the explanation anyway to practice for tonight. Uh, but okay. it's how you doing a pub with the boys? <laughs> yeah, I went, I went for Kerry Mucklow, didn't I, from this country? Yeah, <laughs> I do. Set the bar quite high. She is a national same, treasure. That same podcast we asked about, um, would you watch it if there was a clip of your worst enemy with your absolute dream bird, and Jack claimed he couldn't answer because he couldn't consider anyone else's dream bird other than his missus. <laughs> and, uh, Loyalty. And, uh, mate, you, you buy a house with your bird, mate, and then you'll understand that you can play quality. Once you've got the house, I'd say you've got even more of a free range to say it. <laughs> well, I can do what I want now. This is the yeah, 1950s, exactly. Byron. You've got your feet under the table. Do you know what we're now? I'm sure I you said worse. <laughs> I'm sure you've said worse. I, I wanted to hear. I w- I still wanted to hear. Like obviously, Byron said, get Jack's bird to answer the same question and see if she answers the same. What the best looking woman she can get? <laughs> I was thinking the best looking lad, but you could ask her that <laughs> if you want. Well, mine would be Emmanuel Shikri, as Byron knows. Yeah, you would have no chance at all. <laughs> I don't know who that is. You have you you've only done this before. You've not watched Entourage, have you? No, no, I haven't. So it was uh, Sloan from Entourage. Um, again, then. So the top two. I shot with the homeless chick from the night before. I think you. I think you could. I think she'd be punching. <laughs> you hate her too much. The pre-wacked. I don't know if you've seen yourself in that suit. Zoe Deschanel <laughs> would be, should be so lucky. <laughs> oh, so Emily, Emily Deschanel would be so lucky. So th- there was two outstanders at the bottom here. So the two that received the least votes, I feel like I'm doing X Factor here, and, and therefore are safe from the public, <laughs> were Jack saying Chilwell is Chelsea's most important player. And... Arteta won two trophies, so <sighs> clearly, <laughs> um, I don't know how that went there. <laughs> clearly, people must agree. 
all the others are so egregious that yeah i think we've got to examine the others that are in the category here Frazier. this is nerves i'm actually nervous <laughs> the best part is there's people are voting on this they don't really know aj <laughs> 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 they're all going what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> so just above the bottom two um we had connor saying that Di maria was a hit at man united and then the final the final two um were alex saying that zoe deschanel is the best looking celebrity he could have a shot with and rory saying he could land a jab on lomachenko <laughs> um i'll ask i'll ask um the three of you actually so tk sean and jack if you had to put money on one of those being more likely to happen <laughs> which would you put wow. your money on i'm going so on so on Rory landed on Lomachenko, AJ and Zoe Chanel. Just yeah. those two. To, to make it slightly more even, um, obviously Rory is in the ring with Lomachenko. So Alex at least has a conversation to be able to try and swing this his way. <laughs> well, then I think it, if, if you're saying that, I was probably going to go AJ either way. But with that, See, I'll, I'll still go with AJ. Because there could be a world where... I don't know, he's he's in America or Canada at some kind of triathlon event. <laughs> she's there or she's opening it or something and then they and he wins there's, and they're getting There's still a very big barrier to cross there. Because I'm a wet seat. I could I could see how they could get in that situation. She's As opposed to I can never see how Rory lands a punch. <laughs> he'd say, look, these wetsuits are expensive, don't be doing anything. Look, I think the only way to settle is because before I'm putting any money down, I'm wanting to see I want to test the goods before I purchase them. Alex, give us your best, your best shot at what you. Oh say no! no. <laughs> <laughs> My skin's uh, crawling already. No, <laughs> Alex, look at Sean in the camera, and <laughs> he is Zoe Deschanel in this moment. And not to add uh, any pressure, remember we are watching this on video. No, I, 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 I need, I need, I need Connor's, Connor's my coach. If the charmer was here, he would be able to coach me with the pickup line. She stood oh. across the bar while he's floundering here. Yeah, literally choking. He's vomit on his fucking already. Look, <sighs> he started talking to her about brick sets and stuff, and then she just won't have a clue. Well, if it's along the lines, if it's along the lines of her, if it's along the lines of Sean's scenario where she's seeing me after a race, that's not a pretty sight because I'm either on, unconscious on the floor drooling or just or you've or crashed. a mess in other ways. Probably, or I've crashed. crashed. <laughs> or I've crashed. If she if she's a nurse, if she's a nurse sorting me out, that's great. That also got me in trouble once. That also got me in trouble once. I did see that with Alex coming back for another race, his his mum having to comment on his Facebook saying how rough it is for everyone else being involved because I'm assuming everyone assumes he's going to crash. It's not like a one it's not like a one in a million thing. It's a Alex could very well crash today. <laughs> my dad my, saying goodbye before he leaves. <laughs> it was the first time my missus saw me race at, at the weekend just gone and my dad led with as soon as I got onto the bike leg oh these are the exact conditions that he crashed in and broke his arm in that one <laughs> so, great well done sold Excellent. that sold that we should probably point out now that Alex has positioned the camera so you can see all of these medals Be we impressed. Won't ask how, yeah. we won't what ask medals how many, of, how many of them are participation medals 
that, those are all those are all finisher medals. The actual trophies are over there. The winner trophies are over there. How many of and those? And second places. How many of those Randy Tucker cups? Uh, <laughs> I was that you... kid that didn't even get an Andy Tucker cup. <laughs> I got um, most improved. Uh, the the one you actually was. I was Arsenal soccer school. On the poster, they um, had a picture of Roy Perez on there coming down to one of the training sessions. He didn't, turn up, he didn't turn up to this one in Hucklecoat. No. <laughs> Strange that. I don't know. I feel that you get a medal just for finishing. I mean, it's quite an achievement, by. I mean, yeah, that's, that's cool. he he trains for that. I think I think I think it cheapens the whole scenario. Alex knows he has my support if he'll do a half marathon in a wetsuit. I should have done this pod in a wetsuit. <laughs> I think that would have been we're gonna we're gonna do the world's longest pod and TK's gonna do it in that suit. Ooh. He's what allowed a shirt change. He's allowed a shirt change, surely. <laughs> Depends if he stops talking, I suppose. <laughs> so I can confirm now that the winner of claim of the year. Plus smirk. I know what's coming. <laughs> is Alex Jones. Throwing up out there, something's going on. Incredible. I believe, I believe by the There's stats, a winner's medal for him. Yeah, I believe by the stats that every person at least had this in their top three claims. <laughs> I can't believe is this the moment where she walks in and gives me the award (laughs) (laughs) we get the Caesar (laughs) who are you you choosing your missus or Zoe Deschanel missus of course (laughs) try to get you there (laughs) I'm already in in enough trouble as it is so (laughs) just 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 cut (laughs) I can't believe Steve Brown's got off so lightly really with the rising Kante comparison I mean yeah that's wild I actually think and the, and the mountain Di Maria being a hit at Man United is more Both of those, worse. I think those two were my top two. Yeah. Worse than the Declan Rice one. I feel, I feel like you should have had, if you had a clip behind each of those moments, him saying, yeah, but he was only 11 assists behind De Bruyne. If he got 11 more. <laughs> oh, that one there, that, that you should have put that in, yeah. It says a lot that um, Steve, <laughs> Steve, Steve actually... <laughs> that is so good. Steve actually wore us down that episode because he ended his turn on episode 200 saying, I've got a claim, by the way, and that's that Declan Rice is better than Kante. We then got Connor on two minutes later and said to him, pick the best midfielder that you think Rice is better than, and he said he can't think of one. (laughs) So he, in turn, said that Rice was the best midfielder in the league, but Steve had us that shook that we didn't even take too much attention Steve basically just braced us for it. He just, we were we were there just waiting to get shafted. I mean, the others we had. So we've spoken about at the jab on Lomachenko. Um, Di Maria was a hit at Man United. I think Connor's yeah defense, as um, Alex has just said there about if he had eleven more assists, he'd have beat De Bruyne's record, which was mental. He would have. He would have beaten De Bruyne's record. That whole pod you could have had as a claim of the year. Because some of the hits in there were just... I well, thought we so, weren't going to get a miss at one point. 
my brother was messaging me as he was listening to it like weeks later like who is this Connor kid? I don't understand <laughs> what he's talking about. Um, Arteta won two, two trophies. I mean, the commentators did say it last week as well. So, would Alan Smith say anything that's wrong? <laughs> and finally, I, I hate that one. Chilwell is Chelsea's most important player from Jack. How many votes did I get? So that, that was the least voted for. See? Told you. <laughs> I think that might be one of those where it's like... People are indifferent. It's outrageous, but it's like not... Enough. I mean, it, it's not that outrageous. I, I, mean, I mean, compared to... Yeah, compared to everything else. Yeah, all right. <laughs> yeah, mean, you... <laughs> the job on Lomachenko or Ben Chowell's our best player. Most important. Di Maria was a hit. <laughs> yeah. Let's have Chilwell, Di Maria, Rice and Kante all try and jab Lomachenko at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> I reckon Kante gets closest. That low centre of gravity. <laughs> or, you remember in WWE when they used to have those lumberjack matches where they would just get every single person in the WWE outside of the ring to just chuck the people back in as they come out. <laughs> if, if we have that with Rory and Lomachenko so they're all on the outside every time he tries getting rid he just hoists Rory back in Lomachenko Loma calling him in <laughs> still no word from our guest of the year disappointing it really is next up was guest of the year so this one, bar one, was exclusive to the Movie Madness podcast um, where we really did have some great guests this year. The nominations were David Dobkin, the director of Wedding Crashes, um, JB, Jonathan Daniel Brown from Project X, uh, Tony Orlando, who nearly, nearly made the cut for personality of the year, um, John Heder, who myself and Jack spoke to Napoleon Dynamite, uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, who was on the podcast in January, um, and Frank Karachi, who was the man behind several Adam Sandler films, who was just a great guy, really. So, TK, in I won't ask you to to give me your number one, but can you can you give us your top three because you were on four out of six of these? Yeah, um, I know I had Dobkin and JB on there. Trying to think who my third was. I think it would have been Tony. Probably would have been. It's harsh on Steve Pink that he didn't make the cut. That's very harsh on Steve Pink. Yeah, you're right. But we have had some great guests this year. Some some really great guests this year. I don't think there's a single person that came on that we were truly disappointed with after. So even if it wasn't the best interview in terms of <laughs> the wider audience listening to it we had a great time on the call so we were batting a thousand weren't we so I mean short asleep you better not Sean take your video I want to see Harper instead and he's <laughs> off the screen currently Sean got tucked in by those claims 
I mean, he's tucked in plenty before, so it wouldn't be too bad around the bottom <laughs> there. Um, the bottom three here then were Frank Karachi, harsh that, uh, Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, and John Heeder. So, Jack, I think Probably this may that. tie into what uh, we've spoken about before, where we, we have said the people that don't like Napoleon Dynamite really don't like Napoleon Dynamite. I'm more surprised the people that haven't seen it. I assumed that everyone our age had seen it and loves it. I was wrong. <laughs> I know, I know, Keen, I feel like. I feel like the podcast for Jack are just like a constant awakening of that not everybody loves Chelsea or Napoleon Dynamite. <laughs> <laughs> you don't give a shit about them. Napoleon Dynamite <laughs> left back. We, we got to um, Shaun of the Dead on season one of Movie Madness where as far as we could tell that was the first film that Keenan had really shown that he disliked. Since then, it seems to be every other film we do, he has a strong <laughs> dislike for. Since then, Mad Max, he strongly <laughs> disliked. I was about um, to mention Mad Max. Knocked hey. Up, Knocked Up, he strongly disliked. Um, Napoleon Dynamite, he strongly dislikes. And there was another, and I can't think Frank. of it. In fairness, there's, there's some Marmite Frank. films in there. Yeah. He said that he never, ever wants to watch that film ever again. <laughs> <laughs> the thing, what film? The thing with Frank. Frank. The thing, the thing with Keenan with some of these was that, was that he he was almost your banker that he would enjoy the film each week, even if for what it was. And he, he must have just hit a tipping point, and he's. <laughs> I know the Matrix obviously do a thing, but I don't know if any of you have seen the South Park episode where they kind of mock the Matrix, but. He just realizes everything is shit. Basically, the music he <laughs> listens to is just fart noises down the radio. The films he watches is just everyone is just fart noises coming out, and it's like the the, the switch tipped for Keenan, and he was just like, "Why am I watching this? Yeah. Why? Giving up? Why? <laughs> I just I don't enjoy this at all." <laughs> Bridesmaids. He was dying to get it out when he kind of was subtly mentioned in the runtime. And then said the only good thing was Wilson Phillips at the end. <laughs> so I'm not sure if Keenan voted. I did send in this a couple of times, but it'd be interesting to see who his top dogs were. So the final three then were David Dobkin, Tony Orlando, and uh, JB from Project X. Tony Orlando was quite some way back in third. The top two of David Dobkin and JB went right down back and forth, no matter who was voting. JB did come out on top as our guest of the year. Yes. Two hours, six minutes, he was on the call with us for. We spoke about everything from his political views, his days uh, being an activist, um, being on the bang bus, <laughs> filming Project X, <laughs> necking the wrong person's bird on set and then being confronted by him. He's, him wanting to film a sequel in Russia with Putin's daughter being involved and all sorts going wrong. Sean, have you spoken up again? <laughs> <laughs> oh. I've got a glimpse of him, man. <laughs> no, I'm, just, I'm, looking, I'm looking down at my phone. That's probably why. I wish I could believe he's that. not match fit. He's not match fit in his showing. 
he's not. <laughs> I wanted to put some of these clips out, and if Sean's falling asleep while I'm talking, that's not doing well for other people. <sighs> but yeah, JB gave us just about. I think we spoke before the call, and we were like, if we get twenty minutes, half an hour, we're going to be over the moon. Because he was our first one, wasn't he? Was JB that? Yeah, that's why I was. Yeah. He, he was our first yeah. one. So originally, um, he politely declined, said different time in my life I'm doing different things now and then just asked a little bit about the podcast and I said well Project X has actually just got through to the next round it's just beating Borat in round one and he messaged me back saying well that's fucking ridiculous like <laughs> Borat is a much better film than Project X and he did repeatedly you know tell us that as well he said you know what yeah next Sunday or whenever it was let's do it we got him on and time before we knew it I think we could have spoken for another two hours and it would have been sound. This is how Alex pitches it going with Zoe Deschanel. She politely declines at first <laughs> and then she hears about his podcast and goes, you what? Oh, okay. We're just going to start talking. We could have talked for hours. <laughs> I decline to speak. If I speak, I'm in trouble. <laughs> so, JB was, JB was my own pick for guest of the year. Um, I thought it was it was very well deserved for a film where there was probably less to speak about. There's less twists and turns than the others. He had us entertained throughout. I mean, everyone we showed the interview to, I think, enjoyed it at least. So we say, and people still keep searching it out. So we must have done a good job there. And he obviously did a good job, good job keeping us. Very cliche, but it was basically just a chat, wasn't it? Really, there wasn't really a yeah. lot of interviewing going on. It's just no. giving stories to us. It was well, definitely actually, the, it, like, as one of the interviews is definitely the one that flowed just so nice. It like he almost like came across as quite relatable, as like literally could yeah. be one of your mates. It was like he was yeah, already yeah, yeah. on the pot. Like he was just yeah. cracking. Yeah, up, it? it was basically like a podcast, wasn't it? it was yeah. Well, when we've done. Um, interviews before we usually kind of have the questions like I'm not sure if we can ask this with him we asked every question and more that we could think of so yeah job well done very yeah. prestigious award for him if uh, he wants to pass on his address Alex will get an award sent his way he's got enough there that he can send one across <laughs> I could do that for him I could do that <laughs> we'll have to get some inscription put on it um, finish the forest of thing what <laughs> <laughs> I could give him Floyd's one I could give him Floyd's one that ended up on my desk yeah so David Dobkin was in second place a great interview but probably couldn't have been much more of a polar opposite to JB if, if we tried this one was we enjoyed it but it was very nice and professional throughout. We got all the questions we wanted done, but it felt a bit different that one. It was a good. It was a good halfway up between like a kind of formal interview and a chat. I thought he he makes you quite relaxed. He's a good. He's a good talker. But yeah. like you said, we were obviously I th- part of that is probably also that the age difference as well, isn't it? JB's similar sort yeah. of age to us, a few years older. Dolkin could be like our dad. So well. We, we broke some news on that podcast. He'd never told the story before that uh, Nicolas Cage was going to take over and play Will Ferrell's part in Wedding Crashes right up until the day before when they realised that we, we've got Will Ferrell. 
and that was picked up Sorry, by Nick. a couple of that, that was cut picked up by a couple of news sites. And interestingly, that was before Nicolas Cage was meme Nicolas Cage. So that that was great to get that little tidbit that we hadn't heard before. I'll confess, Dobkin got my number one vote, but just because I would. He's the director of the best comedy ever, so I had to. But JB deserved it. Other picks on the list. So Tony Orlando, just the one we had the least in common with, but just charmed us for all different reasons. What a lovely bloke. Yeah, I mean, yeah. we what we did, that's my boy on the podcast, I think a couple of weeks before. He has had an entirely prestigious career doing everything other than an Adam Sandler movie. We contacted him to speak about this Adam Sandler movie and he loved that he had a different generation that he appealed to and we got a bit of background into what Adam Sandler really is like. Uh, I mean, hugely disrespectful, probably. I mean, a little bit like <laughs> a little bit like, like someone we know recognising John Malkovich as the guy out of Johnny English. <laughs> <laughs> From, of all the work, the body of work he's put together, well, <laughs> and he gets recognised as Pascal Savage. We had Incredible. some technical difficulties on on my end right before that podcast, where we couldn't get it to record, basically, and so I had to leave the call, boot my laptop up, quick, jump back in, and press record. And I came back in, and he was talking about his favourite parts of Northern England, and he, I, I turned back in to hear him say that. Had a great weekend in Scunthorpe. I was like, what the hell? No, Scarborough. He's talking to Scarborough. Scarborough. <laughs> what have I come back and, into here? And they're talking to him about North-South Divide. And like, <laughs> he did call me his boy at the end, which charmed me. Did you um, Did you ask him about, I know it's been a while since I've obviously listened to it, did you ask him about the was up scene? Yeah, he said that... Um, like our generation see him in like airports and things like that and they'll just scream what's up at him <laughs> like, and people will be looking around like what is going on here but he said he loves it he said he loves it so, yeah we were assuming he was going to be a bit tired of it it was like it was the first time he ever heard it again yeah. like he he seemed more grateful to us giving him the time than him giving us the time which was brilliant we then had John Heder next on the list um, myself and Jack spoke to one of those where I send the email out not really expecting much to come back bit of time. we had a, a slight delay the first time around that had me and Jack getting a bit worried that maybe the interview is going to fall through but yeah. next thing you know he's popping up and saying gosh and giving us these catchphrases down there where if you close your eyes it, it was brilliant it was great and I, I don't think of anything else we, we could have asked there so we got his thoughts on how he would plan the sequel. Jack did a bit of digging there. And I guess for fans of Napoleon Dynamite, if we do say so ourselves, it was the perfect interview. So yeah, even got a bit of about him playing baseball with um, Rob Schneider on the bench warmers set. So something for everyone. Wonder I enjoy watching it. And I'm, I'm not even a Napoleon Dynamite fan. And I thought I enjoy watching it. Yeah. He's a good catch for us. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Wonder Boy I spoke to in in January, one of the nicest guys that you could you could ever you could ever speak to. I mean, he's actually been on the podcast now more times than all of our newcomers of the year. So <laughs> Wonder Boy has <laughs> come back um, each time. So great guy, I think. Had him at 
about four o'clock in the morning, which he apologised for after. But hey, for a guy like that, you do what you got to do. Good out all the stops, don't you, mate? I got up at 5am to speak to someone in Guam earlier in the year. They didn't answer the call. I've never been so satisfied since someone get chinned in the next 30 seconds of their fight. <laughs> He's been stopped three times since. Um, Are you going to say who it is? Uh, Frank Camacho is uh, is the name. He, he seems a lovely guy. He seems a lovely guy in text, but look, if you don't answer the phone, then... <laughs> Enemy of the my, pod now, is he? I need my beauty sleep. TK, um, Alex on the pod then, and Sean certainly was way back. If you ignored our request for an interview, you lost your next fight. It was as clear as day. So, Is, is it a reverse good luck, Chuck? We're, we've basically got the curse. Exactly. If you don't get with us, you're in trouble. And then Frank Karachi. That's, that's by no what means. AJ's line says Zoe Deschanel's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> you don't get with us, you're in trouble. <laughs> by no means. Security. Uh, yeah. But it's trash. It's pestering me. Is this going to be it's a new thing? It's trash. It's pestering me. Is this going to be like a new thing? Like, that's what she said. It's going to be along <laughs> the lines of that's what AJ said. It's just so, so relatable. It's like title of your sex date with Brooklyn Nine-Nine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah in, we had Frank Karachi closing out the numbers there but got some gold from him particularly the story of how he made Adam Sandler cry on set which he said if it was anyone else he probably would have been punched but fortunately he uh, was good mates with him and told us that Kate Beckinsale really is as much of a dream as she appears to be both personality and looks so we didn't crush any dreams there Newcomer of the year, we'll get back to. Pundit still holding of the hope. Year. Yeah, pundit of the year. This one was pretty cut and dry. Um, the nominations: Andy Lee, uh, Jeff Reinbold, uh, aka TK, Paul Felder, <laughs> aka the man TK aspires to be, Michael Bispin, Gary Neville, and Jamie Carragher. So, I'm surprised was Nico wasn't in this. Originally, he was in Personality of the Year and was bumped, so he can feel hard done by there. A big 2021 for him, to be honest. Yeah. So it was it was clear at the top for Gary Neville and Jamie Carragher here. And it came down to what you like. And ultimately, Gary Neville did come out on top as Pundit of the Year, so applause for him. How many, votes, the did my man, how many votes did my man Jeff get? He actually Not came enough. above Paul Felder, so people really aren't a fan of that ginger beard, TK. Um, <laughs> Fuck's sake. I've got to Gary, Gary Neville, I said on the graphic, if when he retired back in 2011, you could put any money down on him ever winning a personality contest, it wouldn't be worth chucking a pound on. <laughs> a popularity contest, so, sorry. And yet, here he is. Any poll that you'll see throughout the end of the year as for who everyone's favourite pundit is Gary Neville's going to be pretty much top two top three mm. uh, max for most of them so I think he's the only person that's retained from uh, when we did the awards in 2018 where I believe he won then as well Break I, um, you, you say like um, who would have thought Gary Neville would have got to where he is now it, who would have thought it would have been him and Carragher like, yeah, yeah for sure yeah. 
and they both helped each other. Yeah. Their hatreds, the underlying hatred of each other is what makes them so great. Hmm. Like their Twitter feuds, every time one of them loses, you just look at you refresh it, waiting to see. Well, it's almost a shame that Monday Night Football got a bit more serious because it did used to just be them going back and forth for two hours yeah. pre and post game. And now they do actually give you some analysis. The clip of him showing who was it sprinting past Jamie Carragher was it past Neville? <laughs> they used to have some gold. Him saying like, who was going to be robbing who, all sorts. So they've been consistent. And usually, Gary Neville tried his, tried his trade overseas, came, came back in. Back they in are, business. They, they really have become the Anton Deck of the footballing world. And being yeah. Carragher for having his controversial moments and uh, Deck being Neville for being a bit more reliable. <laughs> yeah. Hey, Carragher did well to come back from that, so... He did. Yeah, he has done exceptionally well, really. Anyone else yeah. would be completely cast out from that. I think the window has saved him. If there's no window there, then... <laughs> if it's a smack in the face. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think it shows that if the machine wants you enough... You just need to dip out the spotlight for a fortnight or so. We don't really care that much. You come back in if we like you enough, it's sound. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I think as well, yeah. they're human, aren't they? Like, if you're being hounded by someone... It wasn't Spider Kid. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, if whoever says they have it is lying. <laughs> you wouldn't want to lift off fan or work, Carragher, would you, to be fair? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Be a rough chauffeur-driven ride. That I think. What was it? Carpool sing along. Carpool karaoke. Yeah. You just screaming as the back as I'm swerving everywhere and Carragher spitting out the window. <laughs> uh, the next one up here. <laughs> Go on, Sean. <laughs> well, I was going to say I'd sooner rather them than Alonso, but there you go. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Positive Mondays are out the window. Tell you what, if he if he ends up on a Monday night football, then that really is a comeback. See, I, I, I take a lift to the pub with him, but not back from. <laughs> um, no one said he wasn't quick. <laughs> well, actually, I mean, you're all right if you're in the car with him. It's outside of the car. The issue. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, worst worst commentator of the year, and there was no wider margin of victory than this. This doesn't um, surprise me at all. <laughs> and there's some bad names in this, but it's yeah. still a testament so, to how bad this guy I, is. I know it's going to be as well. And literally, well, I'll let you go. Well, I'll let you go and yeah. still the, <laughs> uh, the name, the names we've got, we've got um, Adam Smith in the boxing. We've got Dominic Cruz in the UFC. Richie Woodall, BT Sports boxing, and then on the football side of things, we have Jermaine Genus, Steve McManaman, and Martin Keown. Um, that's a bad yeah, for BT. I mean, I don't, I don't, <laughs> if you actually look, um, all of them bar one are on BT Sports. So Chris Sutton as well is... Chris Sutton's he, he could easily have been on there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you talked about with the personality. Imagine getting them all in a room. Get in a room with these lot. Oh, my <laughs> God. Who are you committing murder first on? Well, did did Robbie Savage get better or did he? was he just not to these? That's a good question. <laughs> Don't know. Because, I think well, he's the not, fact that you're so he's probably not as bad. You're so relieved to not hear McManaman's voice when yeah, you exactly. switch on the game that you don't mind whoever else it is. Like that is literally it. 
do you think um, if we go back to when Michael Owen first came on BT Sport, he was hounded, and within a season he was gone. Now that we see McManaman sticking around, Genus, all of these, do we think Owen jacks it rather than the Chiefs at BT saying, "Come on, they don't like you very much"? Yeah, well, I was like. I, I didn't even realise that but obviously yeah he doesn't do it anymore he's still in yeah. the studio every now and then yeah, yeah. I assumed back then that BT had gone enough's enough well we're going to replace you but then you look at the guys they've kept they have McManaman I may as well say that I mean, McManaman is the worst conversation <laughs> <laughs> I mean they can't say they're not aware because every time he's on comms my Twitter feed is just full of fucking McManaman again. <laughs> we we like, tuned in. Everyone was hyped up for Barcelona against Bayern Munich in the Champions League. And we had Maca on commentary. And it's enough to just wipe out the game. Like, on Saturday, watching the Chelsea game, dreadful performance. But Steve McManaman had his microphone inside his face. Like, all you could hear was... <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, oh, like even don't talk, you're winding me up to the point of wanting to punch you through the TV. It's like you've oh been inside my head for the last <laughs> nine <Yeah>. months. <laughs> it's just horrible. Like maybe he borrowed Keenan's beard, and that's what that's what the noise was because the noise <laughs> yeah. we had the other week um, before we spoke with like, Chester Helsky. See, I, you want to do it like in. The old days where if you hated the commentators on TV, you'd turn it on mute and you put like five live on or something. But this day, I don't have a radio. I have all these like smart speakers and there's a slight phone, delay so as well. It's all completely out of sync. Yeah. Yeah, so you'd have to try and time it right, wouldn't you? Yeah, exactly. So you have to like, pause it or something. I'm quite surprised that in this day and age you can't kind of dial into some other commentary during the game. You look in America, you can find about twelve different commentary feeds for each game. Really? And over here, we're quite literally stuck with Steve McManaman. Out of interest, who do you think came second in this vote? Jermaine Genus. Have some damn respect. I got Keo. Keo. Jermaine Genus was the was the second place vote. What? what? He, he was, he was my second place vote as well. He's horrific. I, I thought he was a bottom for mine. But I don't know. He's I horrific. think I think he's better as a pundit than a commentator. Yeah, I'll agree there. But we still, I, just for that one moment he had with Frank, that was that might got Frank a management job. That he just saw the way that he dealt with him. That's the kind of personality I want in my dressing room. <laughs> was it what was no with Frank? Did, it was Frank Shearer and uh, Genus at the game you and Alex went to actually. When yeah, the, 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 the Matic striker. The one where he says like you can't tell me Spurs yeah. shouldn't have won that game or something, yeah. Yeah, and he basically comes out, says, Oh, you would be angry if you walked away from that game. It's like, yeah, I'd be angry if I thought I played one and conceded for four goals. I could see what he was saying, but he was making such a hash of it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then he essentially wanted he got brutalized. Props. Yeah, he wanted props there. That, that was it the, didn't uh, help he was coming in with a Spurs background so it looked like he was just being a bit of fun yeah that was the game that Frank got pictured doing 4-2 to like the fans outside as well <laughs> management material all in that one one <laughs> um, so yeah Jermaine Genius and it was literally by a point that he was ahead of uh, Keown so 
I think everyone's top spots were pretty similar. Adam Smith was only a point behind Keown, so... The problem with Keown is that he delivers his commentary as if he thinks... What he, like he knows what he's talking about. He's awful. Me and but, Troy moan every, and they pair they pair him with that um, Karen something. Karen, Karen Carney. Yeah, um, brummy accent. If I if I cut you off here, I do have our newcomer of the year ready to join. So in the building, he's in the building. Here he is. <laughs> I almost ruined it that his name comes up first and not yeah. his face. I can't, I can't see if he's in the That's call. It. So we really have uh, we're in the moment. He is, here. but he's there. Yeah, he, he is. is. Here he is. Yeah. There we are. Sam, congrats. Newcomer of the year. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Much appreciated. Two appearances this year. First episode two hundred. We have actually spoken about you already in which we said it did go slightly under the radar that after Steve had just told us Bryce was better than Kante, you actually then said that Bryce was better than every midfielder in the league and we kind of didn't really <laughs> notice at the time. Not, not entirely true. Not entirely true. I went on to say, I went on to say it was proper. It, it was better than it's been, he's been hyped up. He's been hyped up with a good few West Ham results. He's coming out swinging. Hey, hey, I'm, I'm nothing but impartial at all times. And then we had you back on last week. We we had a show stealer at the end with uh, your story, which I've been unsure still. Was it a Christmas night out or was it just a night out that you recalled after I said about a Christmas night out? <laughs> so it was a Christmas night out. And there were two things that I forgot to oh, mention as well. Helps. Oh, here we go. Oh, here we go. <laughs> nice. They're, they're not as big as, you know, the, the other event. Um, <laughs> That's pretty big, that other it was a side issue. <laughs> but there are two more things. Um, no, I, I paid him ten pounds to eat two whole lemons. Um, which is an absolute sight. Absolute sight. Yeah, he did it. To be fair to him, use that for salt and pepper. It's got his stomach, man. He's like that thin as well. It's ridiculous. He, he just puts away so much. Um, and yeah, the reason I remember it was a Christmas pie is because in the back of the taxi on the way home, I'd stolen a, a ball ball off of a, a, a tree in Volker Revs and tried piercing my ear in the taxi on the way home. <laughs> yeah, my, my colleague <laughs> wouldn't do it. It was my like, I think it was my first Christmas party. My colleague wouldn't wouldn't do it for me, so I got it. Brilliant. I'm rocking Sean's mate a tenner to eat a frozen sausage during freshers, but fortunately he declined. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've seen <laughs> we we offered someone fifty. We we didn't disclose fifty what. We just said yeah, we'll give you fifty. Um, oh, this no. is at work as well. If you ate a, a, a hot dog sausage that had been in a drawer for at least three months, oh. <laughs> yeah, he did it as well. I've got that on video somewhere. That's, yeah, oh. Oh, no. all sorts of things though. No, I actually like, remember the other day four of a car that have been there for years. Mental. Me, me, you and Jack went to the same school and I remember someone in our year, every year on the last day of term, would try and hide like a banana or an apple behind the radiator in the hope that coming back after half term, it would just be horrendous. Yeah, I, actually, I, actually, I actually got away with that in Miss Yen's room. Uh, we had all the, the filing cabinet with coursework in and I shoved the banana right at the back of it. And unbeknown to me, if you leave them for long enough, they explode. 
And it's no surprise he was kicked out of school, is it? <laughs> it's no, it's no <laughs> surprise he's dropping names as well. <laughs> the, the official line is asked to leave, right? I mean, <laughs> my dad uses the same line still. Um, but yeah, so we checked in this in this coursework drawer and then completely forgotten about him. We're talking about five, maybe, I think probably about five months later. Like This was start of school year, September, October time. It, come, it comes to May, coursework time, to bring all the old coursework to show us what we should be doing for our GCSEs. And the face and the smell that... I <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, oh. opened this cabinet door and the stink, and this flies that have been like laid in there, flying around. <laughs> Absolute oh. carnage. Dude, <laughs> the, the worst thing I've ever, I've ever smelt was at um, the co-op and there was a slit in a uh, sachet of cat food that was at the back of the shelf. And it must have been there where people just kept filling it up in front and in front. And so you walk past, and people walking down the aisle, kind of looking at the person in front of them like, have they done something here that I've just walked into their smog? And then eventually, <laughs> eventually we peeled it away and I, I was asked to clean it. And after I took that long kind of like tapping at it like that, this uh, woman just shoved me out of the way. It's said, your big girl's blouse, I'll do it. And I thought, I've never been so that grateful. <laughs> uh, there was no complaints from me there, so. Yeah, fair enough, fair enough. Where, where I used to work in, well, this Hudson Sports in town, closed now, so I can name drop. Um, <laughs> three flights of stairs were stock and the cricket room was on the top floor. So you got, like, I, I've never been the, the most slender chap anyway. So, <laughs> you know, one flight of stairs is enough for me. But when you've got a, trench up three flights of stairs just like a toe guard for a bat it's, it's the most frustrating thing ever and I'll, I'll never forget that place because we don't know why there was it was full of dead flies everywhere very odd all over the floor we think something probably died in the room above but yeah no, never figured out why yeah. didn't smell right. <laughs> dead flies <laughs> well Connor as, as we've said uh, two appearances this year hopefully Many more next year after a West Ham win or loss, or uh, if you just have something yeah. to say. I, know. I mean, I, I'll happily come on and discuss Arteta whenever you want. I don't know if that's been brought up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's a, it hasn't yet, actually. Um, this is a safe space this evening. This is a safe space. <laughs> he may not be there to talk about, so we'll see how yes. that goes. We've got a Christmas special go, next blood. week, so no time to talk about it next week either. Oh, what a shame. But, yeah, maybe, convenient. Maybe in the new year, once um, my jeweller gets back to me, there'll be a big plaque on the way to you in the post that you can oh, hang up on your wall and say, uh, Newcomer of the best, Year best 2020. Newcomer. So, Fantastic yeah. stuff. I look forward to it. And I will hope we'll, uh, we'll have to love you and leave you now because I'm not sure you're going to be too entertained by some of the rest of these. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I only want to know if Dave Allen wins. So there we are. All right. <laughs> All right, well, you'll see on our Instagram a bit later. Fantastic stuff. Look forward to it. Cheers, guys. Cheers for joining us in a bit. Bye-bye. There we go. Another Sean would have been hoping he was in his car, but no such luck <laughs> this time. I did. I would like quite like if we did make out a feature of just someone from a car. We can have <laughs> a phone in every week. <laughs> if, if I've got a glance of mine, I'll do it. It's fine. Look, I... I'll, I'll say now whether it comes off or not. I'll try and get next week with people just coming on to tell us about their Christmas parties, and hopefully we get some some uh, 
Bad you've got you've got some tales from Chris. You've got some tales from Christmas parties as well. I have. I mean, I've told them on my favourite Everpod episodes, so I usually go back and listen to that at Christmas. Yeah, but anyway, the award there that Connor has just referenced, best social media account of the year, um, the contenders being James Milner's Instagram, Dave Allen's Instagram, Valerie Lareda's Instagram. I should have put a picture on the survey because if you had, I think that might have done a bit better. Um, Darren Till's Instagram, we've already referenced. Jose Mourinho's Instagram and <laughs> Joe Rogan's YouTube. Surprise VH1 input didn't get a, didn't get a vote. VH1 peanut, you mean? That's, that's what I mean, sorry, yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately, he's not an athlete or we have the award <laughs> named after him. <laughs> so the bottom three here were Valerie Lareda's Instagram was actually my number one pick um, you pig <laughs> James Milner's Instagram and Dave Allen's Instagram were the bottom three Blimey. in third place was Darren Till's Instagram what and um, so the top two came down to Joe Rogan's YouTube and Jose Mourinho's Instagram. Very close, but Jose Mourinho's Instagram did come out on top in the end. Um, That's some going for a a young account, really. It turns out he's actually been going a fair while, but he just hasn't quite been putting things like this up. Um, I put on there that his Instagram is almost the closest Spurs have got to like an AFTV where win or lose, you do want to see what Jose has posted on his Instagram. Yeah. The Europa League draw where he said uh, training 11am tomorrow was gold. <laughs> Not sure I'm a snoozing then. But yeah, Jose did come out on top here. So hopefully the only silverware Spurs this year. I think for a guy that is so... You don't really know too much about his personal life or the way he kind of goes about things. Obviously, opened up in the All or Nothing yeah. um, documentary. But then you see this side of him again. It's brilliant. Are we calling this a trophy for Spurs or not? <laughs> I'll take it. Because <laughs> <laughs> we're not contenders. We're, we're not in contention this year. Nope. All right. Most abused of the year. Contenders being Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer, Frank Lampard, Gareth Southgate, Alexandra Lacazette, Harry Maguire, and VAR. <laughs> I feel several of these have brought it on themselves. Some of them have been quite unfortunate to be on the list. <laughs> um, the bottom three here, uh, Gareth Southgate, people didn't think we'd been too harsh to him. So bottom of the list for Gareth. Elsewhere, um, Frank Lampard next up, so maybe people thought it was warranted what we've been saying. Um, <laughs> second place, Frank. Ollie Gunnar Solskjaer was third from bottom. Really? Surprised, surprised he, at that. He, he was considerably far ahead of Lampard, so the bottom two were quite far adrift. And then uh, he the just goes through those. Here. He just goes through those quiet spells, doesn't he, Solskjaer? Yeah. It's yeah. funny because like they're what five points off top with a game in hand. <laughs> No, they they, they like, win their game in hand. They win their game in hand. They go above Chelsea. So yeah. 
He's known has been fairly abused on this podcast, so that's why he's in for the award. Even when it's good, good job we that. don't really yeah. give him much praise. No. One of my favourite um, lines is Byron calling him a PE teacher. I think that's most of Twitter, to be fair. <laughs> Arteta's now being called the same thing, and I'm far worse. The level is Tony Pulis. All right, it's not been that. <laughs> um, in third place, then, was VAR. Mm. And it actually came down to a tiebreaker um, on on uh, the top two. So numbers-wise, it was a tie between uh, Harry Maguire and Lacazette. But <laughs> Lacazette had more first-place votes than uh, the others. So that's <laughs> almost and it's exclusively from you as well. Yeah, you you literally <laughs> won him that award. Congratulations. That is the I mean, that, that I, is the assist know. he's been waiting for. The assist he's been waiting for. I don't know if you watched yesterday's game. I was screaming. <laughs> did. I was screaming. <laughs> I think I know. That one he's it right. That one he's it right <laughs> at the keeper. What confectionery had he been eating though, Luke? What, what, what was it this time? Four boost bars, a strawberry milkshake, twenty nuggets, a double Big Mac. Nugget. And and a chocolate brownie before he came on the pitch. <laughs> oh, disgrace! Incredible. Incredible. Say the words. Say the words. The pig. <laughs> Congratulations <laughs> to the fat pig. He had he had a slush puppy in his in his drink bottle. For <laughs> <laughs> that sugar rush. This poor man. This he poor is a dis- man. He's, he's a disgrace. <laughs> that food he's been eating, he had a head of hair two years ago. Maybe it's just the stress of what he's being called. If it was the they've stress, Alex, it. I wouldn't have this beautiful head of hair. <laughs> it would be gone. It's going grey, so my silver fox years are coming early. Silver fox. They weren't supposed to come for another 14 years. There we go. Lacazette, congratulations. Hope you're happy. <laughs> Best match of the year. The contenders here. The Eastern Conference semi-finals game six between the Boston Celtics and the Toronto Raptors. Seven TK stayed up for that. What well, absolute thriller. Um, didn't end well for TK though. So <laughs> I have to that stay was a miserable morning at work. Well, that was double <laughs> overtime, wasn't it? Yes, yes. Yeah. It's about uh, an hour and a half that, sleep on a loss. That's when Liverpool. um I stopped watching American sports really, because <laughs> I used to I used to like the Patriots for because they're the best team on Madden. And I every single Super Bowl that I've watched them in, they've lost. I've everyone that I've actually stayed up to watch, they've lost. And the ones that I've turned off, they've won. You really are a hex then. <laughs> they win a lot. I wish you'd have, I wish you'd have watched all of them. <laughs> <laughs> Um, also in basketball, we had the NBA Finals Game 5 between uh, the Miami Heat and the LA Lakers. I think that was the game where Jimmy Butler kind of was haunched over the barriers <laughs> where he couldn't give any more. Uh, we then had Liverpool 5, Chelsea 3. Um, Tottenham 6, Man United 1. Bayern Munich 8, Barcelona 3. And Watford 3, Liverpool 0. 
In last place was the NBA Finals, Game 5 between the Lakers and the Heat. One above that, surprisingly, was um, Liverpool 5, Chelsea 3. I don't know if Jack put in a couple of votes to bring that one further down. <laughs> um, round of it. We then had the Eastern Conference semi-finals game six between the Celtics and the Raptors. So our top three then, in third place, Man United won Tottenham six. And I think Tottenham are unfortunate here that they were the ones that did this because if any other team did this to United, it would be a shoe-in for number one. Yeah, fact. And it was but the it second was best game that day. Yeah. We'll come on it's to that. Biggest thing against them. In yeah. second place, if I said that Jack maybe called in some favours, Watford three Liverpool nil is in second place here. Um, I, have put I on thought you should get number one in fairness. I mean, I put on the graphic that um, the Liverpool fans definitely came out in numbers in the votes for this one by the fact that it didn't get number it didn't get number one. Number one was Bayern Munich eight. Barcelona three, five goals in the opening 30 minutes. I think I hate Barcelona more than any other football team. I mean, you haven't told tell us why, Jack. <laughs> Coutinho coming off the bench in this one to rub salt in an already open wound made this <laughs> so That was better. incredible. And was this game on a Friday night, if I recall? I think it was. Probably, yeah. Which I think added a bit yeah, of something yeah, to it. Yeah, yeah, I think you're right. But I guess any game, it's 8 2, sorry, I, I said 8 3, but it's 8 2, because I remember thinking this is the first 8 2 scoreline I've been able to enjoy. <laughs> but that was that was a pummeling. So, much of the year competitively, maybe not, but in terms of enjoyment, I think everyone did enjoy seeing Barcelona be put to the sword. So, there we go. Yeah, it's one of those where you've seen them do it to so many teams. Yeah. You're just happy to see it happen to them. You kind of saw them do it to Bayern. Yeah. Back when Guardiola yeah. was there to Bayern. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Next up, we had one of the toughest to vote for here. And this was the best story of the year. So we had Connor's Christmas party that he's spoken about already. We had uh, JB Rogers telling uh, Jonathan Biggs that. You've got to put yourself inside that apple pie and bring in one to set. <laughs> um, Frank Karachi making Adam Sandler cry shortly after the uh, death of his father, saying, uh, your mum goes to sleep every night missing your father, and then walking off and letting him film with the tears coming down his face. Um, JB on the band bus, I told Keenan about 800 times, you cannot ask this until the last question of the interview in case he doesn't want to talk about it. JB opened the floor and he said, look, got anything else you want to ask me? Anything else whatsoever? Keenan, after giving it the big one for the the fortnight before, could not have bumbled his words more to get to the point that, I mean, we can edit it out. I mean, we don't have to ask this. You feel free not to answer if you don't want to. He cut Keenan off and he was like, you want to know about the bang bus, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> And then told us the story about him getting threats from people <laughs> saying he shouldn't have been on there and all sorts. Nicholas Cage and wedding crashes, which we've uh, mentioned. And Chris Williams going on a night out with Vince Vaughan while filming Dodgeball. 
Last place was J.B. Rogers, influence on the famous American pie scene. Um, Frank Caracci making Sandler cry was uh, in fifth. Connor's Christmas party in fourth. So he's beaten two two great stories there. <laughs> Nicholas Cage in Wedding Crashes was in third place, despite uh, putting us on the map a bit for some new listeners. And then it, it was neck and neck between JB on the Bang Bus and Chris Williams' Night Out with Vince Vaughn. Um, ultimately, Chris Williams' Night Out with Vince Vaughn does get the job done. Uh, to, to paraphrase slightly, they're filming Dodgeball, they're in Vegas. He says, as a group, they say, where are we going to eat tonight? You know, Vegas is going to be full. And Vince turns to them and says, wherever we want. Kind of, do you know who we are? Kind of thing. <laughs> Takes them to this restaurant, they go to order. He says, we'll have one of everything, like he's Harry Potter on the train. <laughs> brings, brings that in front of them. He said he's looking at his wallet thinking, I hope he's not going to ask me to chip in for this. <laughs> um then he goes to a uh, strip club, he says. He says he doesn't like spending his money there. Vince pulls $400 out of his pocket, puts it in his as he's trying to go home and says, now go out there and make me proud. <laughs> and sees him the next day on set and makes a reference that him being out drinking. So everything about yeah. that, great. It kind of gave, gave us some uh, reassurance that Vince was maybe the man we hoped he'd be. Yeah, the personality we all have dreamt of. <laughs> and Chris Williams had had some construction going on his flat and as if the gods had just said something, the construction stopped for the two minutes he was telling this story. So it was an isolated clip. It's just perfect. So got the job done perfectly there. Congratulations <laughs> to Chris. Congratulations to Vince. Story of the year. <laughs> so happy for them. Yeah, just a couple left. So moment of the year I spoke to Jack about this and I spoke to TK about this and I said look this is this is the spitballing pod moment of the year we're not going to have Jordan Henderson lifting the Premier League trophy Lewis Hamilton winning the uh, Drivers Championship we're not going to have those kind of things that's not what we do here so the list we have UFC heading back to Fight Island I mean we were clutching at straws for those two months probably with no sport we were struggling we started a whole new podcast to get around it and we would talk I think we had a whole podcast where we spent 30 minutes going through the discography of the Backstreet Boys with TK and Sean so that was how rough things had gotten um, check it out UFC, if you haven't already <laughs> <laughs> the UFC comes back we get Gaethje against Tony Ferguson no better way to do it and it was a hell of a card we had Nico Price and Vicente Luque open up the main card, so incredible. Um, Joaquin Buckley's knockout of the year. Um, we don't talk fights as much as we used to, but we had a whole topic dedicated to this, and whether it was the best knockout we've seen. Antonio laughing at Pogba handballing it against West Ham and mocking him doing this. <laughs> <laughs> um, Villa pushing seven past Liverpool. And Jose remembering that Sterling had been booked oh, against uh, Sterling. So <laughs> laughing so and then sprinting up the touch of time. I'd forgotten how good it was till I saw it in the nominations <laughs> and I just watched it back a good five or six <laughs> times just laughing every time. Yeah. Uh, we, we've, we've had some great meme content this year. So 
bottom three, UFC heading back to Fight Island. I think that was a bit too normal for this list. Um, Joaquin Buckley's best knockout ever and Antonio mocking Pogba's handball. Um, I haven't referenced it, actually. Povetkin knocking out Dylan White was in third place. Um, I know Rory stood to win big money if Dylan White won there, so he wasn't happy. Um, second place, Jose remembering Sterling had been oh. booked. And TK, if you thought you'd escaped with uh, the Watford-Liverpool game as match of the year, moment of the year is Villa putting seven past Liverpool, so... I figured I was leaving with both of them, so it's all right. Don't worry. One isn't, isn't too bad, in fact. <laughs> I mean, Watkins, Grealish and uh, Barkley turned into Messi, Suarez, Neymar on <laughs> that day. I don't think there was anything he could have done. But no, no. One of them where every time the extra goal comes in, you can't really believe what you're seeing. I saw... Uh... I saw some Liverpool fans after trying to justify as well because Villa had a couple of good results as well. They're <laughs> <laughs> acting like, oh, well, look, we just lost to a good team. <laughs> I saw some Villa fans saying that they outplayed us more than they did Liverpool. Come on. I know Arsenal, it's fashionable to get on us. <laughs> we weren't that bad. It sure says about the fans, but the players after the Fulham game between tough game, tough place to go, but we got a draw, we got to the next one. <laughs> Fucking full up, lads. What are you talking about? <laughs> I, I was actually going to say in our group chat, and, I, and we'll speak about this when we get back to doing kind of sports, that in Spurs' shoes after just drawing a game, there's no team I would less rather have seen in front of Liverpool than Fulham. And yeah, that happened. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. As a Liverpool fan, there's no team I wanted to see in front of us more. <laughs> oh, well. There we go. Um, so now maybe maybe West Brom, maybe at a push. Yeah, now it is looking at. I fancy probably just from history, West Brom to dig in a bit longer, but doesn't know they've got that in the locker this season. <laughs> Episode of the year then. So despite being able to do three months of podcasts in person, we have had some truly great episodes this year, if I do say so myself. It was a run, I think, from episode 156, maybe, to 161, where it's just classics from start to finish there. Up for nomination, we had Movie Madness 5, Liar Liar This, That's My Boy. Could only have the first round ones, really, but you have to take into account Keenan's impression there in the That's My Boy podcast, the fact that it leads to us getting Tony Orlando, and we were talking about lying and things like that. It was, it was a great podcast. Episode 198, Van Dyke's injury, Iron Stamble, Aguero and VAR. Things got out of hand talking about Sean Massey and Aguero. Was, that was one thing. <laughs> we had the comeback, Steve coming on, all guns blazing. We had the nomination for headline of the year, which we'll get on to next. We had Jack and Steve, I think, in a bubble between them, just ranting that, Van Dyke was getting too much sympathy for having his leg snapped. So it Two was one of those. <laughs> it was it was one of the episodes. It was everything I love about doing this podcast, and uh, that was a great one. Um, episode one hundred and sixty-one. Um, not a rare three-man pod this year, but a rare three-man pod with it being me, TK, and Jack. Which I think that combination alone has only happened a couple of times, and it's been weird each time we've taken some odd tangents um 
we opened up talking about waterboarding, which maybe set the tone for how <laughs> things were going to go. Um, how do you mean to go on? We went into I Can't Believe That Was On TV, which always great. Um, and it was just before Cheltenham. So we were talking about the perfect sporting spectacle, whether you have the heavy rain, whether you have certain characters there, all that, all that kind of thing, the drama. That was how we went. But it, it was a, a sports podcast that wasn't much about sport that time. So great episode. Um, episode 152, uh, when we used to go through the odd IMDb uh, synopsis, went through plenty of them. Uh, it was the first episode we played the name game. Uh, we had that one. So that one, Jack wasn't there for, called in sick last minute, which he had a habit of doing uh, earlier in the year. Uh, it was me, TK, Alex and Troy. Um, we did the name game for the first time, obviously. Um, we went into some transfer rumours. It was back in January. So this was just as Bruno Fernandes signed for United. We were hoping he wasn't going to be very good. Um, <laughs> We spoke about basically it was one of those that we do every so often where we just have a moan and just get whatever we want off our chest. So we went down that way and McGregor's next fight. So shameless, get those numbers in. That's what we do. Episode 188, the best and worst of Liverpool's transfer business between 2005 and 2020. We set the scene with the Chelsea one, um, which we then took that format and went into Liverpool next. Um, in terms of gaining new fans for the pod, it was actually our most successful um, in terms of uh, the unique listeners coming in. So it was great there. It was the first time we did the survey to get people's real opinions, um, some of them being TKs. I can't think who it was that TK... Was it Albert Riera? Yeah, was that was someone, it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who t- me and Jack said, look, I don't know who's given the one vote on this. And uh, <laughs> there it was, it was TK. And finally, episode 157, Mobility scooters, favourite players and transfers that nearly happened. If you can remember, we did basically our 11 players and just players that we like. Um, TK had Mika Richards, I believe, in his team. I was ahead of the curve. I I say that, he goes to Sky, everyone's on board. (laughs) There's plenty of room on the bandwagon, lads, don't worry, I'm driving. Um, TK said that he would let Tierra and re-shag his mum with no hesitation. Um... (laughs) <laughs> I say TK I meant Troy there if I did say yeah TK. I was going to say why, yeah. why? <laughs> TK not <laughs> listen rinse and repeat honestly <laughs> um, yeah Troy really did tell us how much and then he stuck it on me saying you would as well <laughs> hey hang on a minute <laughs> hey you um, would you would I'm saying I've got no allegiance to him <laughs> um, and the transfers that nearly happened I think I brought up the story of uh, Chelsea keeping kids hostage to sign John O'Neill McKell and all those kinds of tales again. So, great episode. Maybe my personal favourite of the year, but in last place, Movie Madness, Lie Lie, there's Last My Boy. Um, Van Dyke's Injury, I understand Bulaguero and Var. Then the waterboarding episode uh, with game shows and the perfect sporting spectacle. In third place, the best and worst in Liverpool's transfer business. If you came for sport, that would be your best one. If you didn't come for sport, this maybe shows the direction of uh, our fans. Although did, <laughs> did beat waterboarding, though, so... <laughs> uh, second place, um, episode 157, Troy talking about his mobility scooter that he was riding around on holiday. 
and the favourite players 11. And then in first place, it was 152. I was talking about weird films, the name game, Conor McGregor, and some old transfer rumours. So that was uh, voted our number one episode of the year. Okay. Headline of the year then. Yeah. Headline of the year. I'll rattle through these. Um, Rooster kills policeman in cockfighting raid gone wrong. Baboon escapes vasectomy up at testing lab and flees with two female monkeys. Parrot, who heard victims' last words to give evidence in rape and murder trial. (laughs) That's a great one. Man accused of masturbation in LSU parking lot claims he was simply playing the air drums in his truck. <laughs> that's, the, that's, that's the one that made me laugh again. Reading um, man punches great white shark to save wife. You just react, he said. I believe we'd had a, a kid being saved the week before by punching a shark. And so we had two back to back. And Florida man accused of beating cellmate to ask for a courtesy flush to help with the smell. <laughs> courtesy flush. Florida man nearly got a vote, nearly got up for personality of the year, but didn't <laughs> quite. Um, the top three then were Florida man asking for a courtesy flush, the man playing the air drums and the parrot who heard the victim's last words. Um, First place was the the man in the LSU uh, parking lot playing the uh, dr- air drums in his truck, like Lou at the start of Hot Tub Time Machine. <laughs> <laughs> then second place was the parrot who heard the victim's last words. Bit dark. That's um, sensational. <laughs> and third, uh, the Florida man accused of beating the cellmate who asked for courtesy flush. There is the parrot. I just can't get over the parrot one. <laughs> Well, as if, as if you're going to take the parrot to court and you're going to be like, so, give me your name. Do you swear? The most popular episode of the Joe Rogan podcast is when they have um, Joey Diaz on there. And he claims that the phrase, cut the shit, comes from being in prison. And you only get a certain amount of flesh of the day. So um, you cut the shit to make sure it goes down right. But he said, once you cut it, he said, that's where the smell comes from. He said, if you ever have a shit and like it breaks, that's when they smell worse, he claimed. He says, well, you ever have um, your canoe poking out of the water, that's when it smells even worse. And he says, <laughs> the smell in prison, when you're only getting a limited amount of flush of the day, particularly when he was in there in like the 80s, he said that those are, fight- those are fighting... Uh, <laughs> Actions. If 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 you if you don't cut the shit quick enough and get it down there, so <laughs> it could have been. If you're in a cell with Sean, you probably would be throwing hands if he's washed them first. <laughs> cut the shit. His story about yeah. when he uh, shits outside the house is one of the best stories. <laughs> his neighbour thinks a, a bear did it. <laughs> yeah, his his best ever. When <laughs> he says uh, he, he farts a second time, the teacher says, "Oh my god, he's changing flavour." <laughs> <laughs> so good. He uh, he would be he would be my dream guest to have on the pod because oh the my things god. we would talk about with him would just be insane. All right. Two to go. So, best sports show of the year. We had Carragher and Neville up for Monday Night Football. 
Monday Night Football was nominated alongside The Last Dance, NFL Red Zone, the UEFA Champions League Gold Show on BT Sport, Killer Inside the Mind of Aaron Hernandez and All or Nothing Tottenham 1920. Bottom three were Champions League Goals Show, All or Nothing, the Spurs documentary, and the Aaron Hernandez documentary. I think if Spurs, if the Spurs one had ended after the first like two episodes, it probably would have been top. But it did tail off after lockdown mm. where things got worse for Spurs and they seemingly missed quite a fair bit out. Mm. Yeah, including yeah, Jose definitely. getting and Dombele out during lockdown to have him running in the park. <laughs> Top three then. In third place was NFL Red Zone. Anyone we know that isn't into NFL and wants to get into it, that's the first thing we say is, that's what to watch. You'll get into it in no time. In second place, Monday Night Football. And so in first place, The Last Dance came out on top here. People loved MJ saying it got personal. Yeah. And Dennis Rodman certainly didn't help. Uh, it certainly didn't hinder their chances either. So Because that was when there still wasn't any sport, wasn't it, when it first came out? Yeah, so that yeah was they, like they, a brief... they brought it forward a year. Yeah, yeah. And people were working... waiting for Mondays for it to come out. Yeah. They're working Not very often that. They're working on one with Tom Brady and with um, Stone Cold Steve Austin. And I believe they're doing one on the Arsenal Invincibles as well. So right. some great ones coming up. And finally then, fight of the year. Um, we had Vicente Luque against Nico Price, um, Javonta Davis against Leo Santa Cruz, Weili Zhang against Yuanian Jacek, uh, Zapeda against Baranchuk, Dustin Poirier against Dan Hooker, and Sam Eggington against Ted Cheeseman. It was quite clear at the top with the top three. In third place was Weili Zhang against Joanna Jacek. If you didn't see the fight, you would have seen a picture of her head where it's like out here. Yeah. Um, Sam Eggington against Ted Cheeseman was in second place. I think that was maybe the second fight camp they did on Matchroom when boxing came back and in first place was Dustin Poirier against Dan Hooker so they've taken fight of the year then my pick was Weili Zhang against Joanna Jacek, but you can't argue with any of them they were some we had some great fights this year and hopefully some more to come this weekend but congratulations to uh, Dan Hooker and Dustin Poirier so that does bring us to the end of our awards ceremony. Sean, I hope we haven't uh, kept you up. <laughs> Just about. And until next year, these people can expect a trophy in the post <laughs> and they can have to keep keep working to fight and uh, come back. That was actually the first thing when I told Connor, I said, do I get anything for this? <laughs> My jeweller will put something in the post. <laughs> Or actually, if we just rename this the uh, Sean Shoot Newcomer of the Year, Sean, I assume you can sort a trophy there. Oh, no, if it was named before, I would have done, but you took that away. <laughs> so. um, Jack, unfortunately, I haven't actually seen you for most of this podcast, but I do know you've been there. So. I've been face acting the works. You should have upgraded me to the screen. 
I mean, I didn't choose. Sean went and then seemingly he came back. So I don't know what, what happened there. So I've missed you. I've missed you. There we go. But anyway, thanks again for tuning in to another edition of the Spitballing Pod. Next week, we have our big Christmas special. We'll do everything we can to get a big episode there, get everyone in the festive spirit where it'll be four days then before Christmas. Movie Madness this week, we have our final Christmas episode with Bad Santa and Elf. And then I believe myself and Rory will be recording an end of year MMA review as we've done the last three years. So thanks again. We'll be back. Goodbye.